that we have been in a journey uh, called 40 Days of Prayer. 40 Days of Prayer. And, um, you know, the inspiration behind this was really, you know, with Lent. And, um, and, and we we'll are getting into, you know, Lent season and, you know, the 40 days before Easter. And uh, we, didn't, you know, we kind of started it the Sunday after Lent got started. Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, you know, and if you, know, if you were around town, you might have seen some people, uh, some individuals that had a cross or ash marks on their forehead, and, and they were celebrating the, the day, the first day of Lent, uh, which is the first day after Fat Tuesday, right? And so if you remember that, that was uh, not too long ago. Um, and so the inspiration for this is, you know, with Lent, the idea of fasting and 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 giving something up, and I wanted to take it a step further. I said, you know, it's not just giving stuff up. It's not just saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to cut back on, you know, lascivious living and, uh, or, or fatty food or whatever the fast might be. But, you know, I wanted it to take it a step further and, and, and actually take a walk with God through prayer. And, um, and, and oftentimes, you know, we, we get into, you know, those that, you know, another one that diminish, you know, a Lent. But, you know, oftentimes that it's just, okay, I gave something up, and that's it. You know, I want to take us on a journey where we can draw closer with God. And so that's what 40 days of prayer is all about. You know, it, 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 it's taking it further than what's been practiced on Lent. Take it further where we can draw closer to our Heavenly Father. And so um, we, we've said in the beginning that prayer is communication with God. And last week I kind of built on that, that prayer is communion, constant communion with God. Where you're just being aware of His presence, not always talking, but it's, it's thinking about who He is and, and, it's, and that God becomes so second nature to our lives that we constantly are focused on what's going on, that we're focused on His presence, not just in a five-minute, ten-minute prayer on a day where we can just check off our to-do list and say, I prayed, but that we walk out of that with the constant awareness of God in every being, in every part of our lives, in every area, every part, you know, at work, at play, you know, at school, you know, we're constantly being aware of God. And, and it, yes, the conversations that happen throughout the day. There's those popcorn prayers, like what I call them, popcorn prayers. Well, we take a minute to make God ever, you know, I just want to pause and just worship you for a minute. Worship because something just caught my eye, you know, whether it's the, it's the beautiful sunset or the sunrise or, or the beautiful day that we enjoyed yesterday. You know, I hope that you took time to say, God, I, man, you are awesome. God, you know, that give us all things in this life. You know, and, and popcorn prayer, when we mess up and say, God, I messed up. You know, please forgive me for the sin that I've just committed. You know, and throughout the day, it's different types of prayers that we're constantly being aware of, communion with God. And, and so I, I hope that you've been a part of each week. You know, we, uh, so far, if you miss a week in this journey, you know, I've been trying to teach you what prayer is. You know, we talk about foundational truth of prayer in week number one. 
four foundational truths. We look at week number two, why God doesn't, doesn't always answer our prayers. And sometimes we get frustrated with God. We give up on praying. We give up because God doesn't quite show up in the way that we hoped that he would. And then we look at week number three. You know, we talk about praying in unity. And with our anniversary Sunday, we celebrate nine years. And we talk about, God, we pray, make us one. Make us one. Where we can do so much together when we're unified. And then last week, we talked about the constant communion with God, being aware of his presence. And we look at three key thoughts of prayer as we look at the Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to continue in Matthew chapter 6 in just a few minutes. But those three key thoughts, those three key thoughts regarding prayer, and we're going to see these thoughts uh, being on display throughout the Lord's prayer. And that is, number one, so that we can know him and understand his ways. We can know him and understand his ways. Number two, to catch his heartbeat and participate in his agenda, in his mission. And then number three, to access his kingdom power and provision for all of life. And we see those three things in the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to kind of open that up here in just a few minutes. And uh, as we look at the Lord's Prayer some more, and uh, last week I challenged you to read the Lord's Prayer Look at these things that we talked about last week. And then I want to, I'm hoping that we can expound God's Word this morning on the Lord's Prayer. And I hope that this will help you in your prayer walk, in your walk with prayer with God. And so I want to look at Luke chapter 11. Before we look at the Lord's Prayer, Luke chapter 11, verse number 1. The Bible says that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished... One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. And that's been one of the heartbeats of this 40 days of prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. And I, I hope that some of you here in this last, uh, what, day number 20, uh, 26, I believe, 27, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, but one of those, 26, 27, and I hope in these last few weeks that you are growing in your prayer walk. But some of you, you didn't know how to pray. You know, you, you, prayer intimidates you. you. You didn't know if there were certain words you had to say. You didn't know what that looks like. For some of you, you knew how to pray, just kind of fell out of habit. And I hope these last few weeks that you've been inspired and challenged to get back into a consistent prayer life. And that's the heartbeat of you. So that we can get back to prayer, because prayer is where we connect with God. It's the power of God. That's where we see God work through us in prayer. And so that's been one of the heartbeats. Now, the disciples, they've been hanging out with Jesus for quite some time now. And, uh, and they have seen Jesus do some crazy stuff. I mean, they've, they've seen Jesus take a little bit of food and multiply it to 5,000-plus people. They've seen that. They've seen Jesus one time, you know, spit in the dirt, made mud, and put that mud on a blind man's eye told him to go wash it off, and that blind man could see again. They all saw that. 
They say the power of Jesus so many times. And here's what's crazy. If you look in the scripture, never once did the disciples see one of these miracles, you know, one of these huge things that Jesus did. Never once did they say, oh man, Jesus, you've got to teach us how you do that with the food. Oh man, you got Jesus, you got to kind of show us that how you made mud and, 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 and heal a blind man's eye. I mean, that's kind of pretty cool, Jesus. Show us how you did that. You know, it's kind of like if you go to a magic show. You kind of want to see, okay, I want to know the secret so that I could do it for my friends. But never once do we see that. Never once. But here's what they did say. When they saw him pray, they said, Jesus, you have to teach us how to pray. Jesus, you got to show us how to pray. And I don't know what they saw, but you know it had to be intimate. It had, it, you know, they saw Jesus connecting with his Father, his Heavenly Father. It was relational. It was supernatural. It was holy. And something about it made them jump up. And they're like, okay, Jesus, all right, here's the thing. You've got to show us how to pray. We want that. It was a, a hunger deep inside the disciples that the man, I want to learn to do what Jesus did when it comes to prayer. In several places in the New Testament, you see where Jesus teaches them how to pray uh, we're going to look at one of those great teaching moments from Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And many of us are familiar with this, and that is the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, I want to look at the Lord's Prayer in its entirety. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not, in, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And that's the Lord's prayer that God gives to us. It's saying, here's the gift. I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you how to pray. So I want to unpack the Lord's prayer, and I want us to see how to pray. Let me just say this. Jesus never said that this was the verse that you should memorize and that be your prayer. Oftentimes we say, okay, I got the Lord's Prayer. I'll say the Lord's Prayer by memory. You know, in fact, I've got it on my refrigerator, and every day I read the Lord's Prayer and I pray. That's not what Jesus intent. He said, this is a model. This is how you should pray. These are the elements of your prayer, and I want you to see these 
five things that Jesus asked us to seek about when we pray and spend time with him. Number one, if you're taking notes, we must seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. We must seek God's presence with a heart of worship. With a heart of worship. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. It begins, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's look at this. The word, Our Father. I, I love how the prayer begins. It begins with Our Father. By the way, it doesn't, and I'm not, you know, I, I might upset some apricots here, but it doesn't start with a letter, dear God. I mean, I write a letter, you know, it might say, dear so-and-so. Uh, but I never go to a person, and I got Alan up here. I never go to Alan and say, dear Alan, how are you doing? You know, that would just be weird. That's not how you conversation with people, all right? And so here, it doesn't start off like a letter to God. You know, your, your prayer is not sending an email and said, Dear God, here's what I need. Thank you. All right? It sounds so business-like. It, it starts with our Father. We start our prayer recognizing that we are His. He is our Father. He is our Dad. And for those who are in Christ, this is a prayer, not of salvation. This is a prayer for those who are believers who have a relationship with their Heavenly Father. We're not coming to Him like a slave to a king, but as a child to a father. Jesus said, when you talk to God, you are constantly identifying yourself as a child of God. And we can go to him with confidence because we are his. I want my kids, my kids, my two kids, I want them to come to me with confidence. I'm their dad. I don't want them to be afraid of me. I don't want them to be embarrassed to talk to me. And I always tell them, so you can always tell me anything. And that's our Heavenly Father. We can be confident to go to him. He said, our Father in heaven, in heaven, as we worship our heavenly Father, we realign ourselves in this world. We recognize that God is mine and I'm his, and he is also in heaven. He's only a breath away from me, but he's also the creator of the universe. He is a big God. He is in a place of adoration. He is in a place of worship. He is sovereign. He is in control. He is calling the shots. He is running the show. In fact, he is the star of the show. Newsflash. You're not the star of the show. And when we pray, we recognize who he is and what we're not. God is great. I'm not great. 
God is the center. I'm not the center. God is worthy of our praise. I'm not worthy of any praise. God is the one who is calling the shots. I'm not calling the shots. We must realize that God is big and we are small. And see, when we worship, to take a note, worship should bring us to a place of humility. Awe and wonder, a holy reverence of who God is. Our Father in heaven. I know who you are, and I know what I'm not. I'm a child of God that has access to you. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed in the original language, in the Greek language, it's the word hagiazo. Hagiazo, which means holy. Holy. It also means to, to be set apart. And Jesus is saying this. When you come to the Father, recognize that he is holy. Recognize that he is pure. Recognize that he is set apart. And so many times we forget about that, don't we? Don't we? We forget that God's holy because we get busy with life. And life, set, you know, life gets set in for us and, and, and other things become more important, so we think. The reality is when you're spending time in prayer with God, we have to seek his presence with a heart of worship. And I want you to think about it for just a second. We have the opportunity. Think about this. We have the opportunity to worship the creator of the universe. He is holy. He is powerful, all-powerful. He is all in control. He is all-sovereign. He's big. We're small. And so many times we get busy in life. We think everything revolves around us, and we forget about who he is. Prayer realigns ourselves in this world, and we see God, who he is, and it brings us to a place of humility. Number two, we must seek God's priorities over your own. When you pray, seek God's priorities. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I am a natural, selfish person. All right? Some of you say, yep, amen. It's a good thing my wife is not in here today. She's serving in the back with the LP kids. She would be the first one to say amen and the loudest one to say amen. But I can be a natural, selfish person. So many of us are, right? We're so naturally selfish sometimes. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I heard a story about a little boy who got in trouble. And so his mother sent him to bed early without dessert. He said, you're not having dessert, son. And so the little boy goes to his bedroom. He kneels down to pray and said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, God, please save me some of that chocolate cake. You know, I think a lot of us pray. I think a lot of times we're always asking God for chocolate cake. So often our prayers are all about us, about what we want. It's about what I need. You know, God, I need a raise. 
Now, I need a new car. God, I need you to fix this person that's in my life. God, don't fix me, but fix him or fix her. And here's the thing. When we come to God in prayer, it's all about him, right? We've already said that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's all about him, and it's not about us. It has nothing to do with us, and it's about who he is, and it's about what he wants done in this world. Where is it that he wants us to work? That's the question we need to think about it. What are his priorities for us? How does he want us to spend our money? How many kids does he want us to have? You know, does he think we should adopt? You know, we ask these questions. God, I want to be on your plan. I want to be on your agenda. And so many times we come to him like God is a cosmic Coke machine. And we only go to prayer and say, well, we want something. And we think, man, if I pray and I ask for it, God will give it to me. But we have to come to him with the realization that life is not about us. It's about him. We need to seek his priorities. Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added or be given to you as well. In prayer, we have to seek him first. In prayer, we're asking God, if you're taking note, how we can be engaged with his ultimate mission. God, I want to be engaged with your mission. I want to be engaged with your plan, not my plans. Your agenda, not my agenda. I want what you want, God. There's only a few prayers that Jesus prayed that we see in the Bible, and one of those prayers was in the garden right before he was crucified. Let's get ready for Easter in a couple of weeks. And Good Friday, on our Friday night service, we'll, we'll look at some of these verses. The night of the crucifixion, the day before, the night before of his death, he prayed to God, said, God, take the cup from me, not my will, Yours be done. They said, God, take my cup. He said, if there's another way we can do salvation besides the cross, let's go that route. But if that's your way, God, and if that's the only way, not my will, but yours be done. You see, the day before Jesus died, he was engaging himself in the ultimate mission of God. And it's the prayer where we say, God, I'm available. Use me. Use me. I'll do whatever you want. Not my will. But yours be done. Now, this next week, is, we do this every year. We call it Love Week. Where we get to do different things to try to love our community. And we try to empower you, resource you, to love people. Now we have um, eight or nine schools that we're taking donuts and coffee to the, to the teachers and their staff this week. Now we're going to have anybody, because we've got a number of people that already taken those. They've already signed up, and uh, I'm excited about that. We have out there uh, plate, empty plates with, uh, with a designation for a fire department or a police station or, or uh, ambulance, 
you know, EMS. And we're going to encourage you at, as you leave today to take a plate. Now, here's the catch. You have to make your own cookies, all right? Make your own cookies or, or brownies or whatever, okay? And you take that, put, put a saran wrap, put a little thank you note. We provide the, the card. We provide invite cards for Easter. And you take it on your time this week to the police station, fire department, and just thank them. We thank them for what they're doing in our community. Some of you picked up grocery bags last week, and you could do that today. Pick up grocery bags in food pantry, you know, and, and fill it up with grocery bags. And, and if, you run, if you need more grocery bags, you know, you can bring as many food as you want. Get the list. We have that out there. We're also going to challenge you this week to, to love your neighbors by walking the neighborhoods and praying for them. Praying for the people in your neighborhood. And uh, in your program, there's a card, the prayer walk card, prayer walk suggestion, something to put in your pocket while you're praying, while you're walking. It's going to be a beautiful week. Uh, it's going to be a nice week. Uh, it's time to get out of the house and take a walk, okay? I mean, you know, get out in the open air, finally get to do that. And so this week, you know, walk around the neighborhood, Take your walk, pray. If you don't want to walk, drive, okay? I mean, I don't care. Ride a bike. But pray for the people in your neighborhood. Pray that they would know Jesus. Pray for you to have an opportunity to share Jesus. An opportunity to invite them to church. And this is part of your prayer was to God, make me available. Use me. Use me to show love to others. I want to be on your mission. I want to be on your plan. I want what you want to be done. Number three, we must seek God's provision for your daily needs. Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. And then they give us our month, our daily bread. And then they give us our next year for our daily bread. See, God wants us to pray for something that's manageable so that we can be praying for him every day. See, if you get a, a, a year worth of stuff from God in advance, then you'll probably not pray for God or pray to God for a whole year because you got your needs for a whole year. So God said, hey, I want you to pray for the things you need today. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't pray for what's happening down the road, you know, but at the same time, don't get stressed out about it. Give it to God. Give it to him. One of the names of God, you see this in Genesis chapter 22. We're not going to look there, but if you want to study this, but the names of God is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, which means that God, that God is our provider. God is our provider. But so many times I think we forget that God is our provider. Many times we think that we provide ourselves. Or we think that Walmart provides. Or McDonald's provides. Some of you think your job provides until you lose your job. It doesn't provide. Some of you have been there. See, when we come to God in prayer, we have to come to him in a place where we understand that God, he is our provider. Everything that we have, everything that we are, 
It's because he had given us gifts. He had given us. He had provided for us. And so when we're praying, we have to understand that. And we have to come to him with our daily needs. God is the provider. Some of you, you have needs. Many of you, for some of you, your marriage is a wreck. And you need God to restore your marriage. Some of you, you have financial needs. You're struggling. Some of you struggle with selfishness or you struggle with sin in your life. We have needs. What is it that you need? I say go to God. God will supply your needs. He will go to your needs. Number four, we must seek God's pardon for your sins. When we pray, this is where we ask God for forgiveness. He says in verse number 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We ask God for forgiveness. God, I need you for your forgiveness for the sin in my life. By the way, this is not the salvation prayer. This is for those who are in Christ. And when we are in Christ, guess what? We still sin. We still fail. Just like my children. You know, they're my kids. They'll always be my kids. There's never anything they could do to say, you're not my, you're not my son no more. Or we may have broken fellowship. He might have to go to, to the bedroom. Or she might have to go to the bedroom. You know, hey, you know, quiet for one hour, or no technology, or whatever. Or, you know, we, we give punish, you know, punishment. And we do that because we love them. Fellowship is broken, but fellowship can be restored. We work on that. We teach them, hey, we can forgive. And they ask for forgiveness. And this is what that is. We have a relationship with our Father. For those who are in Christ, you have a relationship with Him. And yes, fellowship can sometimes be broken. You can always go to Him. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. First John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, God will forgive. It is done. A few months ago, I used this verse to explain the principle that when we uncover, remember that? When we uncover, when we, we come to God and say, God, I'm, I'm going to stop hiding. I'm going to stop living undercover. I'm not going to uncover. And when we uncover, God will always cover. He will cover us with his forgiveness, with his grace and mercy. When we seek God's forgiveness, it anchors us in the reality of the cross. When we seek his forgiveness, it anchors us in the reality of the cross, and prayer takes us back to the cross. Because forgiveness only happened because of what Jesus did on the cross. And then number five, we need to seek God's power to overcome temptation. We need to seek God's power. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, this is the close of the Lord's Prayer. He said, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we need to know this, by the way. Satan is real. 
It's not some imaginary character that's in a red, red suit with a pitchfork. That's not who he is. He's the real deal. And his goal is to destroy your family. His goal is to destroy your life. He wants you to end it. He wants you to get addicted to things. He wants you to uh, change your priorities. Where God is not the center of your life, but you become the center of your life. He wants you to be ruined. That's his goal. And we have to come to God and pray in the middle of those temptations that we have. You see, some of you men, they'll go home. They'll go home this afternoon, this not tonight. You'll be watching TV. There's going to be something that just comes on. And you're going to say, man, you know, I like to watch it. I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't watch it. And in that moment, stop and pray and say, God, I need your supernatural power. I need your supernatural power to walk away from this temptation. You're single. You're on a date. And you're going to find yourself in a compromising situation. Immediately stop and pray and say, God, give me your supernatural power to be strong and to stand in this situation. Mom, you're going to be at home, and you're going to be cooking, and the kids, they're, they're destroying the family room. I mean, one of them got the belt, and they lassoed the ceiling fan, and they are doing Tarzan swings in the middle of your house. All right? I mean, things are falling apart, and mom, you're, you're going to be tempted to scream, <laughs> to lose it at the kids. Immediately stop and ask God to give you the power to overcome that temptation. Doesn't mean that you can't be firm, all right? But don't lose it. Don't blow it. To overcome temptation, let me read this to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. When you are tempted, he will provide a way out. Let me ask you a question. Are there any Pac-Man fans in here? Pac-Man fans? What we got? Okay. How many of you used to play Pac-Man? Uh, how about Dig Dug? Got some Dig Dug fans back there? Okay, yeah. Uh, um, centipede. Got some Centipede. All right. What was it, Galaxy or Ga- Galica? Something like that. How many, I know my dad, you know, he likes to try to get the high score on Galica. There you go. And I know Dan Bikes like that game too. And so we got some fans. Now, if you remember Pac-Man, some of you are like, what are you talking about? This was the good stuff. Uh, this was the good old days. Now you got too many buttons, all right? Back then, all you needed was a, just one joystick and maybe one little button. That was it, all right? And so, uh, but here's Pac-Man. We got Pac-Man screen up here. All right, and... Uh, of course, the goal of the Pac-Man is to eat all those little dots, and you got to escape the little um, the, the ghosts, you know, whatever they're called. Um, yeah, I guess ghosts. And so you try to clean the board up. You're trying to eat all those dots. But then there's a great place to be in this board. It's a great place to be. If you notice, in the middle, on either side, there's a tunnel that goes off the screen. You can go through one and come out the other side. You have an escape when the ghosts are about to close in. You have a way out. You see, God has a 
Pac-Man way out for every temptation you're in. But some of you need to access his supernatural power. Supernatural power to fight the temptation. And you can do it. By the way, you might need some accountability. You might need some help. But with the help of God, you can overcome. You can escape like Pac-Man. You can find a way out. I believe that God would do that. As we close today, I want to look at the Lord's Prayer one more time. And I want us together for you to read it with me. Read it out loud. Some of you got it memorized. Some of you don't. That's okay. I want you to look at it. I got it on the screen. But let's just say it together. I want you to think about those elements that we talk about. Here we go. Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You see, for yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and the glory forever. See, prayer starts with God, and prayer ends with God. It's never about us. And in a minute, I'm going to pray. I want to invite you to come up after we pray. Tom is going to come up here with the band. And they're going to lead us in a song called in, On Earth as It Is in Heaven. It'll be a beautiful song. You can talk about that in just a minute. But during that time, we're going to invite you to come. And every week during the, Lord, during the 40 days of prayer, we invite you to pray up front. We don't normally do this during the year, but during this prayer time, we want to invite you to come. I invite our leaders, our staff, you know, to come forward. And I invite, you know, our, our leadership team, if you, if you serve, to come and pray. And, and here's the prayer. It says, God, it's not about me. It's about who you are. It's about what you're doing in this world. Make me available. I want to serve. I want to serve you. I want to be engaged in your ultimate mission. I know as it is in heaven.